Welcome back to Raven's Recap. Last week we went back through time and went through the different chapters of the Ravens 2019 season. As we promised last week, we're going to start off our discussion with answering a few questions about the Ravens 2019 season. So, outside of Lamar, who are the most improved players this 2019 season? I have a few guys in mind, so I think you guys should go first. All right, I'll lead off. The guy I'm going to talk about, he was starting to come into his own last year, and he's been good his entire Ravens career, but I really feel like this year, the pretty much the entire fan base really understood why the Ravens used a first-round pick on this guy, and that will be Ronnie Stanley, who I think, even as someone who the offensive line is the position I understand the least, like you could just watch this guy watching, especially evident to me watching the replays of the games and just watching plays where I already knew what was going to happen. I could focus on what Stanley was doing, especially in pass protection, how he was keeping Lamar upright. And there's just several plays throughout the year where he just has defenders and they're not moving. And you could even saw it reflected in his pro football focus stats. I'm pretty sure he had one of the best pass blocking grades for a season ever recorded by Pro Football Focus for as long as they've been doing it. Well-deserved Pro Bowl nomination. I think Ronnie Stanley, he was good coming into this year, but I think he really cemented himself as a worthy early first-round pick this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, Peter. I think the other thing to note, too, is that while Ronnie was always a good player, I think he always had little injury bugs here and there. And, you know, aside from, I think he missed one game with a concussion, which, you know, ultimately didn't matter. It was against the Jets. Uh, I mean, we struggled to figure out who the actual starting 53-man roster was for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> aside from that game, I mean, he was, uh, you know, he was pretty much healthy the rest of the season. You know, it, it would always be like little things. He'd have like little muscle injuries here or there, and he'd be like miss some time. And he'd, he'd power through it, but he just wouldn't be that same player. And this year, it was just really just... You know, he was able to be mostly healthy for the year and just really just, you know, stepped up his play, you know, exactly like you said. And, you know, I, I for me, I think that was the big difference with Ronnie. And, you know, I, I think that's a great pick. I'm actually going to go with the uh, the guy starting next to him. Uh, I think this is probably a good pick. So Bradley Bozeman. I also would have considered Matt Scura, uh, although unfortunately after the Rams game, he was uh, lost for the season and I think we talked about this last week, but we've since learned that his injury is pretty serious. So, you know, we're not exactly sure if he's going to be that same player when he gets back. Basically, almost everything in his knee was ripped up. And it's definitely a shame for that guy because he was looking like he was going to be a uh, cornerstone player for the Ravens on the offensive line. But I'm going to go with Bradley Bozeman, you know, because I think going into the season, one of the big question marks that we had was just who was going to play the other guard spot on the other side of Yonda. And, you know, I think the leading contender at the point was Jermaine Illuminor. We all sort of Mm -hmm. assumed, yeah, he was going to be the starter. He was kind of penciled in, and Bozeman would just be a backup guard and center. And, you know, what do we know? In the preseason, we ship off Illuminor to the Patriots, and all of a sudden we're just like, oh, who's going to (laughs) start? Is it going to be Bozeman? Is it going to be Hurst? Is it going to be McCarry? Who's it going to be? Powers. Powers. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this guy, he... Bozeman, he looked a little rough in the start of the season, but, you know, I think pretty much ever since the Seattle game and, you know, the game's on from there, I mean, he's just been looking better and better. I think he'd always been a good 
blocker when it came to uh, connecting on pulls. You know, he seemed pretty good at that, but I think he's really elevated his game in a variety of different ways. And I mean, really, he's, I think, one of our stronger linemen, which is saying something, actually, because we have a lot of good linemen now. We've been very fortunate with that. Three pro bowlers. Three, Yeah, three pro bowlers. Three all pros, right? Or two all, two yeah. all pros? I think two all pros. Two all pros. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think, again, you have to look at the whole, you know, expectations over the year. You came in. You definitely, I don't think anybody expected this guy to be a starter and to be a consistently good starter. And, uh, you know, just to be able to get that at the end of the year is just a huge uh, improvement, I think, from him. Put it really well, Chris. Peter, you too. Offensive line is definitely the place I was focusing. Y'all said two of my guys. I'll say my third. Despite the injury, Matt Skura, you definitely uh, really succeeded. You were second in Pro Bowl voting until your injury. We are feeling really good about you in the spot. And I really hope you're able to come back and succeed in your injury. I hope, even if it doesn't mean the Ravens get to keep you just the way salaries work out, I don't know. I do hope that he continues to have a successful career in the NFL. Another guy I want to bring up, do a little bit of a snake maybe here, uh, before you guys steal him, Chuck Clark. <laughs> That's who I thought you were going to go. I was surprised yeah. you didn't scare him. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to bring up Scarra while we were talking about the offensive linemen, but Chuck Clark, I think maybe defensive player of the year. I know that people would uh, gravitate towards a guy like maybe Peters or Judon or even Humphrey, but the way that Chuck Clark orchestrated that collection of uh, talented players is not to be unnoticed. The defense took a step right when he came in. His football IQ was obvious. He had that awesome intentional offsides to help the team get set. The guy is deserving of a contract. If you listen to the most recent film study, they're talking about maybe extending him before it gets too crazy. I hope they do. He's one of those guys that you want to keep your own. He reminds me a lot of a Tavon Young, for instance. I really hope we get to keep Chuck Clark in our future plans. You know, we could talk about Orlando Brown as one of the most improved players as well. Um, he definitely made a big step. It, and it just really goes to show, I think I'd have to go back and re-listen. Um, Alec, I know you've re-listened to some of the earlier episodes. Maybe you could you remember this. But I think going into the season, offensive line was the positional group that we we were the, the most unsure about of, you know, looking at that as that could be the make or break of the season of is how well the offensive line performed. And, you know, it really seems like that's how it turned out. I mean, the offensive line was coached up well, and they performed, many of them at a Pro Bowl level, like we just said, and that led to the uh, record-breaking rushing offense and not a bad passing offense either. You're totally right, Peter. We were concerned about the offensive line. I think we were taking for granted the inside linebacker position because the Ravens have been known for converting otherwise unknown guys into successful players. And although we did eventually do that later in the season, it took bringing guys that we did not have on the 53-man roster at the beginning of the year. Another position I think we were a little concerned about was the pass rush. Uh, we never really did see the pass rush get where we wanted it to be. It was one of the downfalls of this team, or at least the way we had the scheme was to bring extra blitz pressure in order to get the numbers we wanted and really rely on the talent we had in the backfield to allow us to bring that kind of blitz pressure. So those were the positions we were definitely most concerned about. And um, offensive line, we weren't. People stepped up 
when injuries occurred, and that was great. But the uh, inside linebacker and pass rush unit um, never really got where we wanted it to be or got there through uh, you know some desperate measures. Yeah, no, definitely true. That's not the topic of today's episode, but yeah, I think when we go and do like a free agency preview, we'll definitely hit on what the Ravens still need to improve on in the pass rush. Cause I would say that was a unit that kind of met expectations right on the dot, you know, it was Judon and then occasionally someone else <laughs> mm-hmm. moving on. I thought it'd be interesting for us to kind of look back on this team. You know, we were talking throughout the year that this team with the success they were having during that 12 game win streak and the success we were expecting they would have in the postseason, but ultimately didn't, that this team had the potential to maybe be the best Ravens team in franchise history. So, guys, I actually have my official rankings of Ravens teams for the 20 years that I have watched the Ravens. And <laughs> Oh, man. I do, yes. And I, I, I have ranked this team based on where I think it fits with the others. So I want to hear your guys first and see if it matches up with uh, with my listing I've compiled over the years. Chris, do you want to go first or me? I, I mean, I know where I stand on this, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm just floored by this 20, uh, <laughs> 20 uh, seasons ranked. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I think, I mean, overall, it's, it's definitely tough to, I think, put the to put anybody above the Super Bowl winning teams. But that being said, I mean, you look at the 2000 Ravens, I mean, while they were amazingly good on defense, they didn't have an offense outside of Jamal Lewis. Like, you know, and and honestly, it's been a long time. Like, I barely remember the 2000 Ravens. But, like, it's – I feel like this team was probably better overall than that team. But again, it's you know same thing with the 2012 Ravens. You know, they weren't a very good team that year, but they put it together for the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. So it's tough to do that. It's tough to it's tough to put teams that didn't make that much of a splash in, in the postseason above those teams. However, I'm gonna do that. I probably would say that personally, this would be my like number two Ravens team overall. I think the only team that I would put in that I would maybe put in above them right now would probably be the 2011 Ravens because they had pretty good regular season success. They had good postseason success, and they were so close to making it to the Super Bowl, which arguably I think they probably would have won over the Giants. I'm really curious to see where the 2011 Ravens rank in Peter's master list here, but I saw this question going into today and, and didn't have to think about it too long. And I hope that doesn't tarnish my opinion, but this is the best Ravens team we've ever seen. Full stop. You look at those two teams that won the Super Bowl, I think 2000 was special because the defense was so incredible. But like you said, Chris, the offense didn't really have the pieces. You had a game manager in Trent Dilfer, uh, you know, leading the way with an incredible run game uh, with Jamal Lewis and, you know, Quadre Ismail and, uh, brand Stokely's of the world, you know, like, I mean, they did what they needed to do on offense, right? 2012 team, just like you said, they were good enough to get to the postseason, And then last ride kicked in and the magic carpet ride rolled out. 
This team was complete on both sides. They were absolutely electric on offense. The defense did what it needed to do and had the playmakers to make the impact plays at the time of need. And we hadn't seen anything quite like that as a Ravens team. We were talked about it all season. Like we never were used to having the offense in the league or even be considered an offense worth talking about. And we had that. We had some of the defense, I guess, notoriety that Baltimore is so well known for. And that makes them my number one Ravens team of all time. Okay, so this is interesting. You guys just made me update my top five um, for a second here because <laughs> I guess I guess I wasn't. Um, you guys actually took this in a slightly different direction than I thought you were going to take it. So I should clarify. I rank them by by seasons. So kind of like how how memorable the season was overall. So I still have those rankings, but then I re-ranked them by as far as rosters, um, which is the direction you guys took it. So as far as memorability, so I, I have five variables that I kind of rank these teams by. Um, oh, man. Roster. Oh, man. Break out the equation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hard equation, but I, I, I kind of look at five factors when I like look at the seasons from a memorability standpoint, which are roster end of season success, uh, not, which isn't just the playoffs, also leading into the playoffs, memorable moments. What's the after image? So like after that playoff game, how do we, how wide of the window do we feel like was missed if the Ravens didn't win? So looking at those variables, when you're looking at it like that, you know, you have to rank the, the Super Bowl teams one and two. I have 2000 slightly ahead of 2012 because it was the first one that the Ravens won. And then number three, I have 2011 because that season basically ended with a Lee Evans drop away from a Super Bowl. So I actually ranked this one really close with 2008. I did give the edge to 2019 Ravens because just how dominant they were in the regular season. 2008 Ravens did have a pretty good win streak themselves in the regular season after starting the year two and three so they finished 11 and five after that so they were nine and two down the stretch and then include two postseason wins before that loss in the AFC championship game however if you're talking about roster talent which I think is how you guys ranked it I think for me I would agree that this roster was was better than 2012 because you know you still had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed on that defense but they were aging and Ray Rice was starting the downturn of his career although he did have some big plays during regular season I think I would put this year's roster though at number three just ahead of the 2000 Ravens and behind the 2006 and 2011 rosters which both of which I think are the strongest rosters the Ravens have had both stacked defenses with tons of players in their prime and offenses that while they didn't have the best quarterback they had Pro Bowl caliber running backs and solid to very good receivers. I think this team did overachieve slightly record wise, which maybe makes them look, from my opinion, a little better than they were, but definitely one of the best Ravens teams of all time, no matter which way you cut it. I just can't call them the best. Maybe I would have called them the best if they won the Super Bowl. I don't know. It'll Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to look back on it that yeah. way. I think I think you do. Yeah. Right. Like you compare it to two thousand and I think it'd be a race between 2000. I don't think 2012. I think we all acknowledge what that was. Like 2012 was the magic that Tennessee was seeing 
seen to its completion, right? I mean, we always thought they were a good team, and we started off the season really hot, if you all remember, and then we had that uh, offensive coordinator change, right, and all that stuff. But that and, was a team. That was a team we definitely knew wasn't as good as its record. Like they were nine and two, and we all knew that <laughs> the Ravens were not a nine and two team. <laughs> Right, because you don't fire an offensive coordinator when you're nine and two. Otherwise, <laughs> like it, it was crazy, but mm-hmm. we did it, and we all knew this team needed something. It wasn't where it needed to be. Yeah, I I think it's that's a fascinating topic. Yeah, I think you definitely do look at this season, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but you know, NFL Network along with America's Game did at least a short series of topics called the the missing rings for some teams that were like the 2019 or the 2011 Ravens that looked like they could, they could have run away and made the Super Bowl, but just something in the postseason didn't work out. I think one of those teams was the 98 Vikings where mm-hmm. one of the Anderson twins missed his only field goal of the year that would have uh, won the game for Minnesota. And they would have gone to the Super Bowl instead of Atlanta. But yeah, I would kind of, kind of look at those those now three teams, 06, 11, and 19, as uh, lost rings for the Ravens. Mm. After all that, let's end on a positive note. Let's go with our top five moments of the season. I just talked for a bit. You got one of you two go next. <laughs> I'm going to start with a controversial take. Okay. So Ooh. my number five is I'm grateful for Chubb running for 165 yards and scoring three touchdowns against us in week four. That's such a cop-out. I think think I locked the rest of the season, and I'm now grateful for it. (laughs) Okay, that's a little strange, but all right, sure. Uh, No, no, I I see what he's saying. Like, it kind of... Is that your favorite moment, though? I think he's saying that not necessarily the moment was his favorite, but what that moment the effect of that moment was, which was the retooling on defense. Presumably that, that wouldn't have happened at least not to that degree. If that wasn't that noticeable that there was a huge hole in the defense. Look, man, to each our own, our top five moments. Of course, you know, the the flip side of that is Tony Jefferson and Kenny Young could have just done their jobs and, you know, then, (laughs) but all right. Okay, yeah, I can give my five. So, actually, first, I'm going to give an honorable mention to um, <laughs> to uh, Marcus Peters uh, signaling to Jalen Ramsey on the sideline yes. at the LA Rams game. I thought that was oh, hilarious. Man. Great photo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, now, my number five is the uh, pass to Hollywood on the sideline to seal the Arizona game. Great pick. Nice. So, for my number five, this one's more of a of – a, Personal one that wouldn't probably be in uh, most people's top five because the game was, you know, part of our montage, not super memorable. But my number five favorite moment of this year was uh, when we went to a Houston game and we had that tailgate beforehand and watched the game together. Man, that was a fun time when we were all there watching that game right by the tunnel, had the, that great crowd of fans behind us. It was one of my favorite times watching a Ravens game live. So even though that game in particular wasn't, huge for the season that was just a great memory from this year for me oh that's a great choice it does that's not my top five but yeah yeah I, now i feel bad i did like the top five like raven's <laughs> plays, not like my top five like that's fine well, that's fine that's fine i think it's good that we have our different perspectives on what this season meant to us and honestly five's not enough in a season with 14 wins y- you have 
an unbelievable amount of things to pull yeah. from. <laughs> so there's definitely more moments I would have loved to put on this list, but didn't make it. Yeah, agreed. Sure. So why don't we do a snake? So why don't you go ahead and do your uh, fourth as well? My number four moment was, man, I, I should have looked up this play beforehand, but it was the strip fumble. I think it was Peanut on Julian Edelman that Marlon Humphrey scooped and scored for a touchdown against New England because, you know, the Ravens, like we were talking about in this game early, earlier, they got out to the big lead, but then Mark Ingram had that fumble, and then they kind of lost that huge momentum. So coming out of halftime, the game was anyone's. But then that play happened, and it was just at that point you knew the Ravens were going were gonna to beat New England, which is always such a fun thing when that happens, and that, like we are talking about, that Seattle game wasn't a fluke. And this team's here for real. So that play was also a pretty big moment in the season. That's actually really funny, Peter. I have uh, Humphrey's other forced fumble. Uh, I have a Humphrey punch out against the Steelers in overtime to win that game. Hey, uh, that's back another in week good five. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, yeah, I, for, I forgot about the uh, the Patriots one. That was probably a good one as well. I, I picked the Steelers one just because, you know, it's a Steelers game. It was an overtime. It was a close one. You know, it was a it was a game that we were definitely worried about, but Marlon was able to seal that game for us, and we uh, <laughs> kept riding that win streak. So Yeah, so my number four was Humphrey's game-winning strip something fumble <laughs> in the Pittsburgh game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, right, right in sync with you there, Chris. All right. Uh, my my number three was just the whole New England game. Loved seeing that. It was a great moment. Uh, I got to watch that with Peter and uh, T-Bama. And that just was a fun night. And I just love seeing Tom Brady lose, no matter <laughs> how much it hurts us long term or whatever. I just I like seeing that. So uh, for us to do it and inflict said pain, fantastic. It was a great moment. And... Uh, Got a lot of great pictures and just the camaraderie, and it was it was just a great game. It was one of the best nights of the season. Nice. My number three is uh, Peter's pick six in Seattle. You know, we already talked about the play. I mean, it was absolutely huge. Um, you know, for his, his basically his first play as a Raven. It was a uh, you know what a fantastic way to uh, you know introduce yourself to the fans here. It was it was awesome. Another great pick for me. My number three moment of the year. I'm going to go all the way back to week one. The Ravens were already up 14-0 to against Miami, but with 4.24 to go in the first quarter, Lamar Jackson goes back to pass and just unloads a 50-yard bomb to hit Hollywood Brown in stride for a huge touchdown. I think it was 70 yards. And I think that was, that was actually already Marquise Brown's second touchdown of the day, but... And Lamar is already off to a hot start in that game. But I feel like with that one throw, he, he kind of really silenced any doubters who were like, this guy's not going to improve at all as a passer. He's just purely a running back. It was a throw that we didn't see him make the previous year. He struggled with John Brown when he was trying to make those deep connections. And we got to see the full potential of the playmaker Hollywood Brown can be when he's healthier and has put on a little more weight, what we're going to see from him in the coming season. So again, yes, it was against Miami, but I still think that that play spoke volumes. For me, number two, we're going to go back to Marcus Peters, and I'm going to say DeCosta's trade for Marcus Peters 
I mean, nice. if you think about it, while that wasn't something that happened on the field, it had such an impact on how this Ravens defense would play down the stretch. We've talked about how the, the defensive metrics improved vastly for the Ravens when Peters was on the field. And I think also just looking at what that the difference between a front office that's run competently and a front office that's run masterfully when we saw that the Rams gave away Peters for peanuts, basically, to then move cap to give up two first-round picks for Jalen Ramsey. We've talked about it to death. DaCosta knows what he's doing. Can't take it for granted because there's a lot of NFL front offices that don't know what they're doing, and a shrewd move like that can make or break a team for years to come. Yeah, that was definitely a great one. You know, <laughs> my uh, my number two, you guys might have this as your number one. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to put the uh, insane run that Lamar had against Cincinnati. I think we talked about it at the time, and we were all in, uh, in agreement that that play was, as soon as we watched it live, we were just like, oh yeah, this is going to be in a highlight reel forever. <laughs> when Lamar Jackson goes into the Hall of Fame, this is the play that they're going to have on the screen behind him as he's putting on his gold jacket. Absolutely fantastic play. I think the Bengals <laughs> were probably just so embarrassed <laughs> that they're going to have to be uh, be a part of that uh, moment for uh, for eternity. <laughs> But uh, it, it was a fantastic play in the, uh, a complete runaway game. It, it was just awesome. That play was one of the first plays I thought of when making my list, but it was an honorable mention for me because like human nature goes when we have once of great tragedies, we can't like process all the people who like, you know, suffered. Similarly, when you have an abundance of riches at the uh, highlight reel from Lamar Jackson, you're just like, ah. It's just another run <laughs> from Lamar Jackson. So uh, it did not make the list for me, even though I 100% agree that it was a highlight reel that will definitely be, uh, you know, in his his career long highlights. I mean, it was it was awesome. And we like watched it live. Like you said, like we knew like there, you, there it is. All right, cool. Um, but no, it, it was not mine. Um, we'll see about Peter. But for me, the number two was the primetime route against the Rams, 45-6, to six, Monday Night Football. And we'll talk about Lamar Jackson here. Five touchdowns, passing 139.4 quarterback rating. And what we might forget from that game is that he ran for 95 yards on eight attempts. I mean, he was so electric. And all of that was within 61 offensive snaps, only 79% of the offensive snaps of the game because they, <laughs> they were beating them so bad, they brought in the backups. I mean... You had the color rush. You had the uh, that like arm dancing touchdown celebration thing. Uh, Hollywood was making his appearances. It was awesome. That was a, such a fun game. All right, what's your number one? Yeah, so that that leads me into my number one, and it has to be hell yeah, coach. The turning point, fourth and two, as I was corrected earlier in the show. I think it was the most magical moment outside the Mile High Miracle that we've had as a uh, you know Ravens fandom, and uh, maybe. Um, Ray Rice's uh, 4th and 27, you know, conversion uh, is also in that realm of magical. But uh, it was just, um, I, I watched the I watched that replay, you know, many weeks to come. <laughs> it, it got my jollies, you know, it got me hyped up. <laughs> Maybe want to run through a wall, you know, in excitement. 
<laughs> so uh, that had to be my number one. I concur. That's my number one. I don't see how it could have been anything else. Like, especially when we're talking about this, is like what plays are from this season are going to lead. We're going to kind of look back and see what led to the next Ravens Super Bowl trophy. As we've been talking to death, and as everyone's been talking to death, that was the moment Lamar really showed that he's the leader of this team. Mm. Oh, it's a shame, guys. It's a shame. I want the box set still. Hey, the Ravens are still going to have to win next year's Super Bowl, regardless of what happened this year, right? Uh, please. <laughs> it's going to be in Tampa Bay. Still be in Florida for Lamar and Hollywood and and the likes. And uh, and I have somewhere to stay. So uh, I'm, I'm very keen on that idea. So <laughs> please, let's do a Tampa Bay uh, Super Bowl, please. That'd be nice. Oh, you know what, man? Tampa play? Man, I've got an aunt that lives in uh, Sarasota. I should be like... <laughs> <laughs> Line it up now. <laughs> Line it up now. I'm like, please, can I come and say visit? <laughs> Next February, please. The beginning of February. <laughs> that might be a thing. <laughs> might have a work conference to go to. <laughs> oh, man. It was still a great season, guys. It was, uh, you know, hey, an even, even funner run, you know, putting on this podcast with you guys. It was absolutely awesome. You know, I know uh, we've talked about it several times and, you know, but uh, it it was just a lot of fun. Uh, it was great to look forward to talking to you guys every Monday, Tuesday night, recording an episode. It was uh, a lot of fun. Hope we keep it up. I wouldn't trade for the world, man. <laughs> this is uh, it's uh, probably some of the most fun I've ever had. Uh, you know, I, I I say definitely the most fun I've ever had podcasting. Um, and you know, getting to talk to you guys more and become even closer is uh, you know, that's nice. That's nice too. <laughs> you know, it's just like. That's the thing that's awesome about sports. I think it's uh, maybe what people don't understand when uh, there aren't sports fans. They they see us, you know, just going crazy about people we don't know and and um, and just being so fanatic about a team. It's uh, the relationships around it, right? I mean, you enjoy the plays and stuff, but it's uh, the hugs you give after a touchdown and the the conversations you have at the water cooler and and those things are what makes. Uh, the connection that resonates that lasts for years and years and, and you pass on to your children and, and stuff like that. Like that's, that's sports, right? It, it's the, the community. And, and I think that's a big reason why we do Ravens recap in a way is to bring that to people who don't have it in their life. Maybe they're, you know, living somewhere else now or whatever, uh, or maybe they just uh, aren't in a workplace that doesn't talk about it or they just, they can't get enough of it. Right. That's what we're here for. And uh, it's a, it's just a pleasure. Yeah. Couldn't agree more with what you guys are saying. On one note that I, I do want to add is just like, this was definitely one of the most fun years to be a Ravens fan. You know, after after 2014, you know, for a multitude of reasons, you kind of felt the vibe around Baltimore that there was a dwindling in the fan support for the team. It didn't feel as strong as in years past, except for among the super diehards. But, you know... It's back. There's the big excitement that was there during the early Billick years and during Harbaugh's first six years with the team definitely felt like it was back this year and in some ways stronger than ever because you had the most exciting from the offensive perspective player the Ravens maybe have ever had uh, just having an insane year. Yeah, it's just in spite of how this year ends, it seems like it's a really great time to be a Ravens fan. Believe that. I think with that, we're going to end this show. Thank you so much for listening. And we know it's the off season, but we appreciate 
uh, you downloading the show and, and giving us uh, participating in it and, and, and being a part of our fan base. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. We, we'll keep it up throughout the off season. We'll see uh, what news pops up. You know, end of the year conferences and uh, state of the Ravens and draft season's almost here. So definitely going to start looking into the players that we might be able to pick up and free agency. So lots to be excited about as a Ravens fan. During the off season, it's a great time to tell your friends that uh, we're around if they're you know missing the Ravens. So make sure you tell them to go subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever they like to hear their shows or send them to our Twitter, Ravens underscore recap. And uh, feel free to get in touch if you want to chat about something that we can talk about on a future show during the offseason. That's feedback at ravensrecap.com. Thanks again, guys.